Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey guys, and welcome back in to WFNZ's March Madness Show. Josh and Anthony, we're here with you guys once again today. You also know us around the station as Fiddy and Flounder. Getting you ready for the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. When we emerge from this weekend, we'll have the Final Four set. Mm. As we'll have Sweet 16 matchups on Thursday and Friday. And then Elite Eight games on Saturday and Sunday. And we're here to talk about all those matchups in both regions. And, you know, we'll start with just a general conversation about how excited we are for this weekend's action and, you know, how much do the upsets play a role and and how exciting this weekend really is. And I think you look at it, you know, you've got a 15 seed in Princeton that's here, third straight year of 15 seeds in the second weekend. You've got a nine seed in Florida Atlantic that's here, a seven seed in Michigan State that is here. You know, they've got a legendary coach in Tom Izzo. And, and I think... I don't think it really devalues it like as much as maybe it did last year with St. Peter's. Like, St. Peter's was a fun story, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to beat Purdue. Well, they do, and then they go on and they get they get rather handled against North Carolina in their Elite Eight final. But, I mean, I've seen plenty of articles of how Princeton can match up really well with Creighton. And they could become the second ever 15 seed to to make the Elite Eight, just given off who Florida Atlantic is playing in Tennessee, because Tennessee has so many issues scoring the ball. I think you could see yeah. a pathway for them winning. That's saying the that, that's putting it lightly. Yes, and, and then with yes. with the Michigan State factor, like it's it's March, so it's Tom Izzo's month. Given what that community has gone has dealt with off the court, I think we've all kind of rallied behind Michigan State to have a, a good tournament run this year. So I look at it and say, yeah, like the upsets are fun, and I get it. In some years, when you got a 15 seed in the second weekend, maybe it does lessen the matchup. But I look at this. Sweet 16 slate of games, and I see a healthy dose of college basketball that will be played across the country once again this weekend. Yeah, I don't really get it. I, I, I don't get this narrative, and I've seen this from a lot of people. I've heard it from pretty, pretty big name analysts that have felt you didn't this. hear it from me, and I'm a big name analyst. Uh, no, not quite a big mouth analyst. That okay, that fits the description a lot better. I too, big mouth analyst, but. This is this is a notion that well, like we've heard people talk about this all the time when they're picking their bracket. Oh, I don't want to pick too many upsets because you know then the second weekend won't really be as great or whatever. Which first of all, when you're picking brackets, who cares? Most of the time, you know it's not going to work out. But to me, I, I don't think there's less value in these games. Like, yeah, I mean St. Peter's last year gets blown out in the Elite Eight, but I mean don't. I mean, that can happen to anybody. So I, I think that's kind of where my mindset is. It's like, look, we've had we had an amazing first weekend. My question to all those people that are concerned about the second weekend is, would you trade that first weekend that you just had so that you could have a better second weekend? 
Because I wouldn't. I think the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the best weekend in all of sports. To me, there's no questions about it. I think the only ones that even rival it are the racing weekend that you have on Memorial Day. And And that's really just a day. And maybe, maybe NFL draft weekend. But you got to be really into the NFL draft. Other than that, because everything else, there's nothing that's really set in stone. So, what? Of everything you want to pair up as maybe is name another name another weekend that you are guaranteed first first weekend of the NCAA tournament always guaranteed yeah um, same thing with you could, I, mean, I guess the I guess some of the golf majors like no, Masters weekend no. is probably up there I know you hate the Masters no I point. I love the Masters no you don't. No, you don't. I have seen you sit here and scoff at every Masters commercial. Every time it comes on, I hear, <laughs> I'll be ready for it on Thursday of when the tournament gets underway. So I, I don't think, I mean, like, there are definitely things that could compare to it. Like, the first the first weekend of the NFL was really, because it's, it's an extravaganza where you got Thursday, Sunday, Monday. I think that's just about it. I don't think, I don't think anything else can really, can really hold up. Because no, it's it's non it's nonstop action from from for four days for over twelve hours. I mean, the first two days are next level. I mean, there are four screens that have to be on at every single time. So in order to watch every game, you know, like no, I would not trade, especially as a as a fan of a team who wasn't involved in this tournament at all. I wouldn't trade this first weekend for anything. Mm-hmm. It's the best first weekend I've ever watched. I had Nada Edwards in show or uh, in studio on the show that I work at here today, and he said that maybe 2017 was better because you had like the that was when Virginia got beat or 2018, and that was when Virginia got upset. That was when A and M and North and Northern Iowa played that crazy comeback. And then yeah, that you know, was a pretty good one. So, that's a good yeah, that's a good like good point. That's him. the thing about this sport is that like. Yeah, I think it was really, really great. But you can go back really recently to last, you know, within the last five years and say this weekend was better. And no other sport, I think, really has that type of cachet that college basketball has. Here's the thing do people honestly care to have that sort of debate about any of these other weekends that we talked about? Probably not. Like, they're, they're exciting, but like, to. There is no other one that we actually say, "Hey, let's compare this March Madness, you know, this March Madness weekend of games, first two rounds, to another year." You're not doing that with, "Hey, let's compare the tw- the, the 2021 Memorial Day races with the 2016 Memorial Day race." No, it's like doing comparing that. our dating profile. Like no, boring. No, and irrelevant. Well, I mean, look, to some people maybe it is, but like it's not like that that we do that every year where we say can this year be as crazy as said year? Can this year be as crazy as even last year? And so that's why I think it's just so interesting and I, I yeah, I'm with you. Maybe it's cuz our team wasn't in it. You know, for us like yeah, you have that crazy comeback that you were talking about back in 18 from A&M against Northern Iowa, but you know, we know what happened after that. We weren't a big fan of that one. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, that's kind of. That's kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be exciting. You mentioned the 15 seed Princeton matching up pretty well with Creighton. 
Um, yeah, I think Florida Atlantic. I think Florida Atlantic has a really good shot to win that game. I think that is going to be. And when you look at that side of the bracket, that has a chance to be one of the better matchups. And then when it comes to Michigan State, I know there's a seven next to their name. Do we really look at Michigan State and say, man, man, I hate the fact that that team's here? Because oh, they, actually, I mean, I hate well, the no, fact but that okay, there. if you don't, if you don't like the team, if you don't like the coach, whatever, but, I'm saying. If you look at that team, do you look at that team and say, because people will look at Princeton and Florida Atlantic and say, I don't really feel like those teams deserve to be here. They may even do that with San Diego State, which I think is just blasphemous at this point. Do you look at Michigan State and really think of them like that? Because I don't. I mean, we've seen Tom Izzo do this before. People have literally said this is his month. Now, when he gets to April, much more debatable, but... That's that's how highly people think of them. That they're not they're not out of place at all. This weekend is is still going to be incredibly exciting in my mind. Yeah, it will be. And coming up next, we'll take a look at the South and the East regions, both of those regions semifinals, who we expect to emerge out of the weekend sleeper teams and so much more. This is a fast-moving edition of the WFNZ March Madness Show, but stick with us. When we come back, we'll dive right back in to the South and the East regions here on the WFNZ March Madness Show. Hey guys, welcome back in. This is the WFNZ March Madness Show. Fiddy and Flown, we're hanging out with you guys. We're going to dive into the South region. That that semifinal and regional final will be played in Louisville. Before we do that, I do want to encourage you guys to come out to the Carolina Ale House, the Waverly location on Thursday from 7 to 9 p.m. Hang out with my guys. Wes and Walker, they're going to be out there. I'll be there as well, so maybe that will will either sway you one way or another uh, to come hang probably out. Sh- probably shouldn't have said that. But we'll be hanging out watching the Sweet 16 games. You'll have a chance to enter to win a 75-inch flat-screen TV. We will give that away officially on Championship Monday. That's the Carolina Ale House. That's this Thursday. The Waverly location will be out there from 7 to 9 p.m. I've heard rumors that you may be able to have Kyle Filipowski help you take the TV to your car because he's out of the tournament, so he's not playing. I don't know if he can carry that burden, though, because, I mean, trying to carry Duke back to the Final Four was just really tough. But like John Shire told us, you come to Duke to lose in the second round of okay, the NCAA right, tournament. Right. So we're we're, we're we're straying now. We're getting we're getting into our oh on-air no no because your because your hosts think that's all we do is sit here and talk crap about that's, Duke. It's your it, we might as well prove them right. Look look it's we're getting into our personal our on air personalities here, which you know some people may have come here for, but we're here to be serious. We're here to break these games down. We already talked about Duke. Exiting the tournament, everything that went into that. Did we? Because I don't remember. I want to bring it back up. I can do a whole three-hour show on that loss. I probably could too. Yeah. But let's focus on the Sweet 16 that we're. we're, we're I was trying to before about. you threw a curveball. Don't get mad at me for bringing up Duke and then letting then me going on a tangent. Like you bring up Duke, I'm going to insult them. Yeah, it's my fault. I claim it. I claim it. My bad. My bad. When you look at the South region, you know, that's where you've got the number one overall seed, Bama, that five seed, San Diego State. That game's going to be a rock fight. 
I think first one to 60-65 maybe wins that game. Really? You I, think it'll be that low scoring? Well, but, dude, San Diego State defends. I, I mean, mean, they do, but so they, scored, they scored 75. I get it's against Furman. I, I think... The, the, the thing about yeah. it, and I said this when we, 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 when we, when we recapped the first weekend, dude, I watched Bama a lot. Obvious reasons. They were really good, whatever. I didn't pay enough attention to how well they defend. And I thought they overwhelmed Maryland. And I think I think I think San Diego like the health of Brandon Miller, I think, is gonna be crucial. If he is as oh, close to hundred yes. percent, I think I, I I think Bama wins. But if you get the Brandon Miller that you saw against Corpus Christi, a guy that was passive, a guy that wasn't forcing the issue because of the injury, San Diego State really was impressive. With the way that they beat Charleston at kind of Charleston's game almost. Like Charleston was a team that liked to run up and down, but they could also play different styles. Mm-hmm. And then like with Furman, Furman, yes, coming off that emotional high, they were they were mismatched and everything like that. They punked Furman. I mean, they physically took the fight to Furman. Well, and so, remember early in the game, they were down, they were down thirteen to twelve at one point. But then once they took the lead from there, they just dominated. I mean, they took yep. over the game, and that's that's one man. Brian Dutcher deserves a lot of credit for that because you could have locked yourself into another one of those NCAA tournament game battles where you're fighting till the end. You're you're. You know, you're you're allowing that team to hang around, and we've seen it multiple times from double-digit seeds where they hang around and they find a way to advance onto that second weekend. And, I mean, look, early in that game, I wouldn't have been shocked if that happened. But the way that team responded defensively, I thought they did some good things on the offensive end of the floor. I liked how aggressive they were at getting to the free-throw line. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a dangerous team. You're right. How healthy is Brandon Miller? The thing that the thing that concerns me a little bit for San Diego State, as good as they are defensively, is just how many different guys Bama can throw at you. They've got a lot of depth, and there's so many different guys that can hurt you, mainly on the offensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, there are two teams that can defend at a high level. i I, I got to be honest. If you're San Diego State, the match, the, the type of game that you talked about just a second, just a minute ago, would make w- would probably be what they're looking for. They want to get. They want to make this game ugly because if you let Bama get in a rhythm offensively, you're you're going to be left in the dust. You said I, you know, I didn't really sit focus on how good they were defensively when I watched them in season, dude. When they when they were in conference play, you didn't really have to focus on them defensively. Because they just outscored everybody. Even in the games that they were losing and had to come back in, what impressed you the most about them? It was how quickly they scored. They looked like an NBA team, legitimately, where they would be down 10, 12 points. They would score 14, 16 in a row, and they would do it in like three or four minutes. It was unbelievable how quickly they would close that gap and take the lead. And they did it so many times. That's why I think you didn't focus on their defense as much. But this is one of those games where if you can ugly it up, you have a heck of a shot if you're San Diego State. If not, they could leave you behind because they just have too many, too, too much offensively. We have a lot of history of talking about ugling things up because of the way that we look 
when we're when we're when we're talking. My God, you just take so many personal shots at yourself and at me. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, hurt. You know, we're, if, look, if I'm gonna get dragged into it, I might as well loop myself into it. There's the fitty that we know. Always got to include somebody else. Creighton and Princeton's very interesting. Because if Creighton comes in locked in and focused, and they're the Creighton we saw beat State and the Creighton we saw separate themselves from Baylor, I think Creighton wins this game by double digits. Very possible. But if it's the Creighton that we've seen at different times this year, or even when they were healthy, but they weren't focused, if Princeton wins the game, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be overly surprised because the thing. The thing that Princeton does really well, and this is what you have to do as a mid-major, is they dictate the way the game's going to be played. They did that against Arizona, even though Arizona had the more had, had more size. They dictated how that game was going to be played, and then they got after Missouri defensively to a point where Mizzou was just out of all out, out of whack. I mean, Kobe Brown did a fantastic job getting that program to the to the or getting that team to the second weekend. But I mean, that game was over very early in the second half. Well, what they did was they took out they they took out a guy that was just a major impact in the game against Utah State. That Des Moines Hodge did not do anything in that game. I mean, they, they he had two points. Like you, that was their that that was probably their second most important player. Yeah. And they completely limited him. So don't, yeah, don't sleep on them defensively. My thing with them is, I don't know if they have a guy that can guard Kalkbrenner. No, I don't. Th- man, and look, yeah, I, I mean, look, look, they said have going a- in that I thought Kalkbrenner DJ Burns was the best individual matchup. Yeah, and. Kalkbrenner scored 31 points, and DJ Burns had as many fouls as he did rebounds. Yeah, I mean, he, dude, Kalkbrenner went off. The thing about them, too, is look at the, look at the, how they spread their scoring. Man, Kalkbrenner had 31. <laughs> In that second-round game against Baylor, Ryan Nemhard had 30. So they they've had two guys that have scored thirty points already in a game in this tournament. And they if, they are dynamic. And if if if, if Baylor if, if 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 the Baylor Schneierman Schneierman yeah, yep. Schneierman mm-hmm. if if he gets if he gets cooking, he's probably the, their their best overall player. You know, like I like, mean, like when he when he's cooking, they're borderline unguardable. So I, I think that's the one where like when we were talking about the first segment, do the upsets maybe lessen this weekend? I think this is the one game where you could point directly at that and say yes, because if if, if Princeton doesn't put up a fight, or let's just say Creighton is in a rhythm and they're confident and they're locked in on both ends of the court, this game could be over very quickly. I get it. I will say this though: I would be stunned if Princeton comes out and just gets blasted right out of the gate. Could I see this being a game where Creighton comes out of, out in the second half and pulls away? They get off to a really good start? Oh, yes. But I think Mitch Henderson will have his guys ready to play because we were wondering what would their mindset be in that second-round game. I, I mean, i got to be honest. They were more prepared for the second-round game right out of the gate than they were for the first-round game. Right. Remember, they Arizona early. I mean, look, they didn't pull away from them clearly, but Arizona got out to a little bit of a lead early and sort of paced themselves for the majority of that first half. And Princeton had to fight to get back into that game and eventually win it against Missouri. 
I, I mean, from the word go, they were that they, they were the they were the better team that day. They were locked in. They were more ready to go than Missouri was for that game. I'm not saying that's going to be the case here, but you're going to to me. It's it's going to be hard pressed to think that this team is is not going to be ready to go. Kalkbrenner, that matchup's going to be tough. Man, Caden Pierce had 16 rebounds in that game against Missouri. So that's going to be the key guy, I think. What Can he handle himself against Kalkbrenner? Because if he can't, it could be a long day. When you look at the East region, that that that, that one's going to be played in the Mecca. Um, you've got Tennessee. you got Florida Atlantic. That's the 4-9. Then, of course, Kansas State and Michigan State. That's going to be the three seven, and, and maybe you know a course of that region, the game that everybody is going to be uh, most anticipated watching. And you can come and watch that game with us, Wesson Walker at the Carolina Alehouse in in Waverly. I think the thing about the thing about this matchup for Tennessee FAU is I, I'm interested to see how how FAU looks and how they play because their head coach. Had some thoughts on the way that that Tennessee plays, how it's physical and called it rugby. Um, And Rick Barnes clapped back. The thing about Tennessee... Shocking that Rick Barnes would have a response. You know, when you look at Tennessee, if they win this game, not going to be surprised. They beat Duke. They're the best defensive team in the country. Um, They've got size. They've got length. And they do a really good job at dictating tempo. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they also come out and score forty points and lose, I'm 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 not I'm not going to be surprised. You know, you look at FAU, you know, they beat Memphis, an American school, and then of course they beat FDU, who was the sixteenth seed if they upset Purdue. They haven't seen SEC type of talent since the non conference portion of the year. I mean I get Come on, man. Memphis has Memphis has a lot of talent. Penny they Hardaway's done they a don't really have, good They don't job. have SEC talent and physicality though. Not, not physicality. Um, and if I, you match up their talent with Tennessee's, it's probably pretty close if, if you just base it off of their rankings in high school. Penny Hardaway recruits his ass off. You know, I, There's no I, question about that. I, I, th- I think that's really going to be the – I think that's what's going to make or break this game. Can they handle the level level of physicality of Tennessee if yeah. they can? Mm-hmm. I think they can beat them. Because Tennessee, outside of when Santiago Vescovi is hitting shots or 3J is making shots or Plotchich is making shots around the rim, they don't really got a whole lot. Well, Whereas mean, we know with FAU, they can, they can drop 80. Yeah. Here's the thing. Can One thing for Tennessee on the offensive end is can Comwa continue what he did against Duke? Because that was, I mean, Olivier Comwa coming into that game Phenomenal. had he had eleven point he he had eleven points per game. He was averaging eleven points per game. Not bad, but not great. Not a guy that could take over the game. Now th- the way he played on Saturday, scoring twenty seven. No, that if if he can build off of that performance and score, you know, twenty twenty five, then. They can they can easily win this game. I I not I'm not saying it would it would be easy, but I that that would make a lot of sense to me that then they win this game because of the way they play defensively. I will say this though, Florida Atlantic, they definitely haven't been the most polished team in the tournament so far. I mean, look, they they could have easily lost both games that they played. Yeah, but they have fought. In both of those games, where there were moments where they could have said, "Yeah, this is just this is it. This is where we're bowing out." So Dusty May is not going to let his guys go easily. And the other thing about them is, is that 
they they play with some attitude, man. They they do. You saw it the other night against FDU. They did not care that this that they were they were wanting to be the villains that took out everybody's darling Tobin Anderson. So I I, I think they're going to be ready for the challenge. But yeah, ultimately you're right. That's the thing. I think talent wise. You could say, okay, Memphis is Memphis is really damn talented. They matched up with a team that's had some really good talent. Physicality wise, they haven't seen anything like this Tennessee team that's that's coming in here. And the interesting thing with Tennessee is really gonna be about the officiating. We saw the officiating in the first weekend. Man, they, they let they let people play pretty physical. That serve Tennessee very, very well. Mm-hmm. Is this weekend going to be called the same way? Because when it comes to officiating, there are no guarantees that they are going to call it the same way they're going to let the, let these guys play. If they don't, then Tennessee could be in for a long day. Kansas State, Michigan State isn't the best matchup, but it might be as entertaining as any because the Garden gets to see that Kansas State backcourt uh, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, and I think they're going to have a lot of fun watching those two guys. Those two, you know, those two guys do their thing. Um, Jerome Tang, if he is, if he wasn't already the coach of the year just by getting that program a three seed, getting him to the Sweet Sixteen, I think he should be the coach of the year in college basketball. Um, man, I, I, I. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I, both teams like to push the pace. Both teams like to to run. They like to shoot a bunch of threes. The thing about the thing about Kansas State is what Jerome Tanks after they beat Kentucky, they got dudes, and they've got a lot of dudes. And I think their confidence right now is is going to be really really high. And, and, and look, as good as this story feels for Michigan State. I don't think they were a Sweet 16 type of team. I think they just had two really good matchups. Of course, you had to win them both. They did that. I think Kansas State. I think Kansas State is the best team in the region, or, or, or yeah, or in this in in this regional semifinal, in this regional final, and, and, and I, I think that'll be displayed on the court in this game against Michigan well, State. I mean, we both picked them to make the Final Four when we reset our mm-hmm. our brackets. So I mean, I'd agree with that. I will say this though. The when when you look at the coaches here, I love Jerome Tang, man. I think he's a heck of a coach. He's going to have his guys ready to go. I don't doubt that they can win this game. But this is where Michigan State holds the advantage and this is where this game will be decided. Can Tom Izzo do enough coaching-wise to win this game? As you mentioned, this is the thing about Kansas State. Kansas State is incredibly deep. They play nine. They play nine guys easy, no problems. And in the modern day of college basketball, you don't see a lot of people that play that way. Now, I mean, Michigan State can play eight. It's typically more around seven. So, I, I, I mean, you're you're right. You talk about two teams that just shoot the hell out of the three ball. Michigan State is one of the most accurate teams in the country from beyond the arc. Did they not lead? I think it was, was that the stack coming in to last weekend? Was that they led the country in three-point shooting? And they, now they significantly dropped in terms of percentage. They significantly dropped after uh, the game against, uh, against Marquette where they didn't shoot the ball all that well from the outside. 
But Michigan State, they, they are, they're 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 legit. They they from beyond the arc. Yeah. And then you combine that with what Kansas State does from outside, mainly Marquise Noel, who hit. I, I mean, so you go back and watch that game. Um, that they played against Kentucky. Some of those shots that he hit from beyond the arc. When Kansas State, by the way, got off to an incredibly slow start shooting-wise from outside, this is this is going to be determined but really off of who can hit more shots from the outside. I think if if Marquise Noel comes out and plays well and plays at the, at the level that we know he's capable of, which could be national player of the year type level, then... I think they win this game, but I would not put it past Michigan State to find a way through into the next round. I, I got to tell you, on this side of the bracket, this is probably the game I have the hardest time picking. I, I think, like, I, I, I really believe, to me, maybe you, you would agree with me on this too, whoever wins this matchup is going to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see I don't see the other whoever wins that other matchup getting through. I really don't. Yeah, and that's why I've got and we'll make our final four picks for the for these two regions right now. Um, I'll stick with where we are coming out of the East. I've got Kansas State. Mm-hmm. They've got the better backcourt, and that's that's what wins this time of the year. And in and and in the South, I'm going to go Bama, just because. Their 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 depth, I think, will overwhelm San Diego State and even Creighton. But Creighton would be the the other team that I would say if they if 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 they emerged as a Final Four team, they that that would not surprise me. So the first Final Four matchup, you know, then this will be set after uh, or or this and in, in this part of the region where we'll we'll get one semifinal or national semifinal next Thursday uh, next next Saturday, coming out of the South, give me the Tide. Coming out of the East, give me the Wildcats, man. I agree with you. Of course I think, you do. I think Alabama, you're right. There's just way too much. I the, 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 Again, I go back to how well they spread their scoring, the different types of guys that can impact the game. Here's my thing about San Diego State. The other thing that we didn't really talk about, how is San Diego State going to be able to compete with that team on the glass, the way that team rebounds the basketball? Micah Parrish can do his thing. I mean, look, man, they are... They are the best team in the country rebounding wise, and they've been there the entire season. So it's it's going to be incredibly difficult uh, to to keep up with them on the glass. I think you know, Kalkbrenner could could give them some issues if they advance. I think they will. By the way, I just think the that that's one of those games. Again, you talk about a team that can win just any style of game. That's where Bama's at, and I think. They will find a way to outscore Creighton. To me, that that one that matchup will be fantastic between those two teams. Um, then at the bottom, yeah, I got Kansas State coming out of there. I, I just think this matchup against Michigan State, um, you know, again, I, I go to the I, I go to the way that Kansas State rebounds as well. It's spread out. There's some guys though that have really stepped up here in the tournament. Naquan Tomlin has been tremendous. You saw him the other night, sort of take over down low at times. Um, and Keontae Johnson, an underrated rebounder as well. I think that combined with the fact that they just have—I mean, you, you talk about that that guard 
duo of Johnson uh, as well as Noel. H- how are you going to compete with that man? Those those are th- those two are outstanding. I don't see any way that Michigan State slows them down. The other matchup, I'll take Tennessee. I think Florida Atlantic is going to fight really hard, but I think that defense will just suffocate them late in the game, and I think they find a way to pull it out. And then, yeah, I just th- th- Tennessee. I think at, at, by that point against a team that scores it as well as Kansas State does, I just don't think they're going to be able to have enough offensively to pull it off. I, I think Kansas State advances, and yes, it will be Alabama and Kansas State matching up in that first matchup in Houston. That's our look at the South and the East region, uh, regional semifinals and the finals. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Midwest and the West regions. We'll, we'll break down both the semifinals in both of those regions and make our final four picks. All that's coming up next right here on the WFNZ March Madness Show. Hey guys, welcome back in here to the WFNZ March Madness Show. Fiddy and Flounder, we got one final segment we're going to go over here with you guys. But first, I do want to uh, encourage you guys to come out. Carolina Alehouse, the Waverly location, on Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m., the Wesson Walker Show. We'll all be out there hanging out, eating wings, drinking beer, and, of course, watching the Sweet 16 action. That's the Carolina Alehouse, the Waverly location, 7 to 9 p.m. on Thursday. Let's dive in now to the Midwest region. Uh, That semifinal will be played in Kansas City, where you got the number one seed, Houston, taking on the five seed, Miami. And then maybe the best matchup of the Sweet 16, Texas and Purdue. When you look at the one versus five, Texas, oh, Texas and Xavier. Yeah, Tex, yeah, I said that. No, you said Texas and Purdue. No, I said Texas and Xavier. We we can go ahead and listen to it on the way back. I will bet you five bucks that you said Purdue. It'll be deleted so no one will ever know that I messed up. That's the power of radio. It's the power of audio. Well, no, actually, that's the power That's the power of podcasting. If and it's on radio. I could have dumped it. You could have, but that... I got an answer for everything. That would have been terrible. That, that would have been irresponsible. When you look at Houston and Miami... If you love watching high-quality defense, this game is for you. I mean, I said that Bama-San Diego State was going to be a rock fight. First one to 50 might win this game. Because, and look, Miami has what every country or what every team wants to have. They have a good shot maker, or they have at least one. Miami's got a trio. they got a quartet of guys that make really tough shots. Kind of like with Bama and San Diego State. The health of Marcus Satzer for Houston plays a big role in this. If he can't be the dynamic guard that he is, I think Miami wins. Nada Edwards told us today on Wesson Walker. He thinks they win regardless. He thinks they're the best team that, mm. that you know, of course, they're the, only, they're, the, they're the only ACC team left standing. But he said of all the teams that made the tournament from the Atlantic Coast Conference, he liked Miami's draw to make the Final Four over everybody's. And I found that really interesting. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I like this Miami team. Jim Laranega's done an unbelievable job once again with that program. Kelvin Sampson in Houston. You know, this is a this is a team and a program that they've been number one the majority of the year. I think they know how important it would be to play in the Final Four in their backyard. This is going to be fascinating. 
I'm really excited to watch these two teams compete, although it might be a rather defensive-minded contest. Yeah, this this one, I mean, this this just starts, this whole side of the bracket is unbelievable. I mean, these matchups will be simply outstanding from start to finish. Yeah, this one's this one's tough, man. And again, I think when you talk about this game, just like the one that's on the other side that's remaining, I think it comes down to health for Houston. How healthy is Marcus Sasser? He's had a little bit of time off. Does that help him? How healthy is Jabal shared? If those guys are healthy enough, at least Houston, Houston is probably the team you you would you would favor in this game if anything slightly, because yeah, Miami, as you mentioned, we 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 saw it. You know, being an ACC country, we saw this trio of guards throughout the year. They they are outstanding Mm -hmm. and there's so many different guys that can hurt you really all you need is for at least one of those guys to be on and it's going to it's going to be a tight game Um, I don't know if I see it as that low scoring because I do think that you will see some of the you, you will see these guards step up and make shots I really do I think on both sides but yeah it would not shock me Either, however this game turns out, I I will say this. This game, this is one, and really, it, it, I think the other one in this part of the bracket too, it would stun me if this game is not one that comes down to the final possession. I, I really think these two teams are very, very, uh, they're very good matchups for each other. And I, I definitely think that you're you're gonna see one of the better games of the tournament so far with these two matching up. It's just yeah, I, I it, it's tough because I could see it going either way. Honestly, with the with the guys that Miami has, the way they've played in the tournament too, I think they've been fantastic. Really, here early on when they've had to be, I thought they were they they were great the other night against Indiana. Nigel Pack was tremendous against Drake after it looked like that game was going to be about as ugly as it could possibly get for Miami, made shots when he needed to late. I, I It's it's going to be a heck of a matchup, but man, Houston, Houston is, they, they showed in that game against Auburn, they are legit. And if they can, if they can take away the effect of O'Meara inside, it, it, it could be... It, that could be the difference in this one. Well, the thing about it is this whole region just produces great matchups because Xavier and Texas is going to be a lot of fun. And it might be the game that maybe I'm the most I'm the most excited for. If, if it's not this one, it's maybe UConn and Arkansas, a matchup we'll talk about here in, in just a minute. Xavier and Texas, I think, is fantastic. I think it's going to be – I think you're going to see – A combination of great offense and great defense because Xavier scores it as well as any team in in the country. Texas defends it Mm -hmm. as well as any team in the country. I I mentioned this when we broke down the first two weekends. I wonder, you know, a lot of teams that make the Final Four, you have to win a game you you shouldn't have won. That was Xavier's first round game. 
That happened against Kennesaw State right up the road in Greensboro. Texas, that that quite that was that, that that hasn't happened quite yet. You know, even though Penn State did come back and take the lead, I still think we all thought that they were going to come out and win the game. The thing I like about this matchup is both teams have four or five dudes that are going to play and play at a high level. They're two really, uh, really good, uh, well-coached teams, and it's just it's just going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Xavier's reinvented themselves. Sean Miller, he's he's brought in a whole brand new offense as he's tried to resurrect his career as a coach. Texas navigating it, uh, you know, Chris Beard being fired, dismissed from the school, but still being a really quality defensive team. It's going to be, you know, a, 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 a clash of the Titans when these two teams meet on the court. And as a guy that has watched these two teams a lot this year, I'm just really intrigued and fascinated what this matchup's going to bring us. Yeah, most exciting game of the tournament for me. I, I, I think you're right about that because this is one of those games. We've talked about some of the uglier games that we, we could possibly see. Uh, no, you know, One of them being right in this region. Th- this game could be the first one to 85 wins this game. There, there is going to be some high-level offense in this game. I think for Xavier, the question is, you know, they had a quiet game from um, from, from Bohm in, in that last matchup. What does that backcourt duo do? Bohm, Kunkel, one of those guys has to play really well in this matchup. And then you got to have some other guys that step up. You know, can uh, Jack Nungy continue to do what he's been doing? Because Texas has so many different guys that can hurt you. We saw, you know, we said it. They won the Big 12 without Timmy Allen. He he returns and played well this past weekend, but you're talking about a bunch of different guys on this Texas team that can step up and hit shots for you. Dylan DeSue was the guy that was really the standout this past weekend. But I mean, they got they they they, they have guys throughout that entire team even on the bench that Really, I mean, at any time, can step up and and can have you, you know, in in trouble late in games. So, I mean, look, Marcus Carr, Serge Ibari Rice are the guys that everybody's going to be focusing on, and and rightfully so. But you know, don't don't sleep on just how deep this team is, and that's where I think the advantage is. I mean, they go they go nine deep, and you're talking about guys that far down on the bench that are playing. 17, 18 minutes a game. So the fact that they can continue to rotate these guys in, the fact that even if you get them into foul trouble, they're going to be able to have a response is what I think gives them a little bit of an advantage. But man, Xavier, Xavier looks really good. And I think you're right. We've talked about it. We actually talked about it the other night when we were recapping the weekend. We said, look, that second round is where a lot of teams have to avoid that 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 game that you know could that that you'll look at and look back on and say hey that was where you know the tournament really w- w- was saved for them you're right for them it was in that first round matchup um and i think you're you're going to see you know can can you get some of these other guys even off the bench that they have Jerome Hunter to step up and and play a big role if those types of guys come out and play some of their best games. I think that's what it is. Who plays their best game of the season in this one? Because you're going to need it. This will be uh, 40 minutes of just constant action. And I think in the end, 
I think I, I think you will see Texas emerge in this one. I'm confident in that one. When you look at the West, <laughs> UConn, Arkansas has me hot in the shorts. I think right. that that yep. game is going okay. to be. You've got two energetic, borderline maniac coaches. You've got two teams that like to run. You've got two teams that will shoot the three. You've got two teams that will defend and defend at a very high level. I I, I don't have enough words to say just how excited I am about this matchup. Because I this this is this is as giddy as I've seen you in a long time. You are practically a schoolgirl over here. Yeah. Oh, this. I mean, first off, like Arkansas doing the Lord's work, beating Kansas, <laughs> woo pig suey, and then UConn. God, I I mean, oh, I, I I love I love everything about Danny Hurley. He's the one Hurley that you can love and respect that does coach. In, in college basketball, and and seeing them, <laughs> seeing them in their '90s throwbacks uniforms, it just hits for a guy who didn't get to watch '90s college basketball. I was gonna say you 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 weren't even around in the '90s. Yeah, but when you go back and watch those well, highlights, you were, baby, like, you know those things. I mean, those things go hard, as the kids say. No, no one says that. And nope. then UCLA Gonzaga is going to be loads of fun, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. I yep. think whoever wins UConn, Arkansas, makes the Final Four. I and I and, oh. and I really do. And part of that's because I've got UConn in the Final Four. But I also told Gee. you guys, whenever we broke down the bracket, Arkansas can make the Final Four. They've got the talent, they've got the depth, and they've got the coach that puts the fear of God in them. And you've seen that in the way that they. Like, you go back and you look at the Illinois game and the final score, you wouldn't think they overwhelmed Illinois. Oh, they kicked Illinois' ass. There, there was there was never a point in that game where you honestly said to yourself, Illinois is winning this game. Yeah, not even, I, not I even was, at the opening tip. Like, like we look, we were hanging out there. We were hanging out with Walker and everything like that. I, we, we sat there and watched the whole game because we, we were just enticed in it. We I don't think – was there ever any point where you honestly believed to yourself – Man, Illinois is making a run here. No. And they're going to get back into it. I didn't feel like that. They controlled the game from the word go. I'm the moron. I picked Illinois to win that game in my bracket. So did I. <laughs> but I also. How do you do that? Wait a second. How do you do that? You believe you. Th- this thought, is your dude. I thought Illinois can make the Final Four as well. They were the two oh, most. Man. Well, there's where you lose me. I, th- they now, were the two most erratic teams in the country. But if it ever came together. They uh, could, they could be where they are. And, I officially have trust issues with Illinois at it, this point. It, but yes, yes, it's come together for Arkansas. They're healthy. Nick Smith, Anthony Black, they're yep. a lot of fun. And look at this is the thing about that this past weekend. How impactful were those two guys? I mean, if you look they, at the box score, that you would say you know, but you know, you got to look deeper than the box. Score. Well, I they get that. Impact but what the I'm game. saying is, is the guys that stepped up and really played big roles. In this first weekend, were Ricky Council the fourth and Devontae Davis good play, very good players. Yeah, but you're talking about two guys that people thought could be lottery picks. Yep, entering the season, those weren't the two guys carrying you. So it shows how much talent they have. You got Jordan Walsh coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean it's they are they could be this year's 
Carolina. Yeah. The, the way that they're built, it does not. It would not shock me at all because for them, yeah, it was all about health. Them, honestly, them and Creighton. Those were two teams that if they make the Final Four, no one should be stunned. You should not look at that number next to their name and say, well, how did these two teams end up here? No, you shouldn't say that at all. You should look at it and say, man, these were two teams that were banged up and they got hot when they were supposed to. I I wouldn't be as bold as you are in saying that, the winner, that the winner of this game gets through. I think they're the two best teams. The, the way that Gonzaga has scored, man, in these first two games, they, they're, they're playing at a really high level. Here's because, the look, you've got Timmy. Gonzaga but it, can't score. They can't play if the game is – the one thing that they can't do now that they used to be able to do, when they made the national title game in 17, mm-hmm. they could beat you playing in the 60s. They can't. They're not built to play. I mean, like the T. Well, look if they if if they're gonna play a game in the '60s and lose, then they're not making it in. They're, they're not they're not beating UCLA. And I don't think I don't think they are. I which I think and, is possible. You know, yeah. in, in a matchup with two teams having dudes that are that have been in college basketball for a decade, Tiger Campbell of UCLA, Drew Timmy of of Gonzaga. It's still gonna be a great matchup. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, Mick Cronin continues to do a fantastic job restoring that UCLA program back to glory. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga, this is the one year with the bracket. This could be the year that if it broke through, it wouldn't surprise me. They're not as good as they were. They weren't. They're not as good as they were in seventeen. Let alone they're not as good as they were in twenty one when they entered the final undefeated. But with all right. with all the chaos and all the parity. And Drew Timmy just maybe is having his Tyler Hansborough moment where in his final year, because he's already announced he's not coming back for his fifth year. Maybe he, oh, he you know, oh he, thank God. Maybe he he does will them to a national title. So, but I, but I, I look at UConn and Arkansas, and I think I think they're the two most complete teams here right now. If UCLA was healthy, you. I think UCLA would emerge, but I think and look, I know Bailey's done a really great job stepping in off the bench. Yeah, I he's wouldn't fre- count him out, man. He's a, he's a freshman, and um, UConn has dudes on dudes on dudes, and Arkansas they're just freaks. And I think in the tournament, dudes and freaks they win. Mm. And and so that's why I look at that matchup and say kind of like how where you looked at Michigan State, Kansas State, the winner of that matchup comes out and makes the final four. I'm with you or I'm I'm that way with, with UConn and Arkansas. Well, I would say this with that. Would it shock you if any of the teams from these the, the Midwest and the West region? No. And I think all of these teams, you could make a legitimate case to me that they will they would make the final four. Like I think everyone, th- this is this is the side of the bracket that you should be ecstatic for because there are to me there are no bad matchups here. I, I will I will say it now. I don't think that any of these games see someone win by double figures. I don't. I think every single one of these games will be close, and so that's where. You know that that's that's kind of where I will say this. I think, to me, you say that Arkansas, UConn, the winner of that one will advance through their region to the Final Four. I, I think I think Texas Xavier, whoever wins that one, to me is in the Final Four. I really do because I just I just don't know how hell with with the health issues. 
I question Houston, but I, I also, to, to me, I just don't know. I picked Texas to emerge from there anyways. I, I just, I don't know how Houston will be able to compete with Texas or Xavier the way that they score the ball. I know they're a really good defensive team, but to me, how are you going to take away all the different guys that can score for those teams? That's it's 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 a conversation. I do think that that mo- that that factor of playing in your backyard does motivate them. I'm going to stick with my bracket in the Midwest. I had Houston coming out. They're, mm-hmm. they're too good defensively. They get timely shooting. Kelvin Sampson's a hell of a coach. I think they emerge from the Midwest, and I'll stick with my bracket in the West. I think UConn emerges, and, and I think you'll have a Houston-UConn matchup in the Final Four. Uh, so, yeah, I, sticking with Texas, I, I feel extremely confident about them. I thought they would make the Final Four. I really had no questions about that um, when when they came into this tournament. I think for them, you know, you, you mentioned that Houston playing at home, there's there's definitely that factor. Well, Austin ain't that far from Houston either. It's so not Texas. Huh? It's not, it's not Houston. Okay, but it's still it's still relatively close for them. L- let's say this: regardless, if they make it, because Houston wouldn't be there then, it would be there will be a ton of Texas fans there. It would be basically like a home. Do a, Texas a home people know that basketball exists. Uh, they do now. Yeah, I mean, I would hope they know that basketball exists because their football team's been kind of since uh, since the middle of the Mac Brown era. So I mean, for them. I mean, yeah, you probably have to. Um, so I think that's that's probably serving as a little bit of motivation for them. I just think, to me, they just they, they the amount of scoring, the depth that they have. I just don't think there is a team in this region that has enough to beat them. I think it'll be two really good games that they'll have to play to get there. But I think they emerge, and then in the other one, I got to be honest, I forgot who I even picked the other day to emerge from here. To me, to me, it comes down. I, I think it's, I think it's probably UConn and UCLA. I mean, I like Gonzaga a lot. I think it, with the, there's not as much pressure on them as there's been in years past. So maybe that's what allows them to emerge. But I just think UCLA. I mean, they've navigated the injury to Jalen Clark phenomenally. The one thing I will say is that if Chris Singleton is banged up. And he got hurt at the end of that game against Northwestern. They've apparently said that they believe he's going to be good to go. If he is not playing, if if that injury is severely hampering him, now that that could be a tough one to overcome because then that's two starters that you have to deal with being out of the lineup. I think Bailey's been really, really good, especially for a freshman. But losing a guy like Singleton, that 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 could be huge trying to defend Gonzaga inside. So. That one scares me a little bit, but I will still go with UCLA in that. And, and then I think, I think the, I think the way that UConn's playing right now, man, Sonogo is is going to be. I mean, he's just been amazing. I don't think that's going away in the second weekend of this tournament. I think he'll probably be the region's most outstanding player. And then you've seen some other guys that have picked up the slack around him and scored the ball incredibly well as they've been doing for the majority of the season. They're a team, this main reason I'm going with them, we talked about it when we were recapping the first two weekends of the tournament, or first two rounds of the tournament. That was the most impressive team the first weekend of the tournament out of any bracket, in my mind. 
I think it's going to be hard-pressed to think that doesn't carry over into this weekend. I think they do emerge, and UConn will be playing in the Final Four again. Well, no matter who does emerge from the uh, from the regional fi- uh, semifinals and the finals, we'll be back next week. We'll recap all the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight action. And, of course, we'll preview the Final Four as well. As this will wrap up the latest edition of the WFNZ March Madness show. In the meantime, in, in the meantime, guys, we do encourage you guys tune in to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on the FM dial, or you can find us on the Odyssey streaming platforms or, or wherever you get your podcast. We podcast all of our shows as well. That way, you're not miss any of the Mac and Bone Show, Charlotte Sports Today, Wesson Walker, and the Kyle Bailey Show. Check us out from 6A to 6P. With that, I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me, and we want to thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week.